You know, they say you can talk yourself into a lot of trouble or out of a lot of trouble. Sometimes that talk never even leaves your mouth. Sometimes that talk is only inside your head and you can talk yourself into a lot of trouble or out of a lot of trouble. But see, there's another reality that we have to realize, and that is there are principles in life that are, well, these are principles of human relationships, principles of interaction, and they're about as absolute as the law of gravity. They're almost as certain as the sun rising in the morning. Now, there may be a day that the sun doesn't rise in the morning. Maybe it's only on your life, or maybe it's for the entire globe that the sun just refuses to get up. It hasn't happened yet. It might happen one day. But right now, that's probably more certain than your money in the bank. They, they used to say all the time, that's like money in the bank. You can take that to the bank. You can bank on that. Yeah, the money in the bank is less certain than the sun coming up. But so are the principles of life and our human relationships. And that's what I want to talk about today on Leading Leaders. Subscribe now for our extensive video library of leadership lessons promoting faith, family, and freedom. I'm Jay Lauren Norris with Leading Leaders Podcast, and I want to share a little quip out of uh, this Dale Carnegie scrapbook. I love the way Dale Carnegie thinks. In one of his little quotes here, he says, this is on page 102 of the scrapbook, he says, Is giving yourself a pep talk every day silly, superficial, and childish? Nope. On the contrary, it's the very essence of sound psychology. Our life is what our thoughts make it. These words are just as true today as they were 18 centuries ago when Marcus Aurelius first wrote them in his book of Meditations. Our life is what our thoughts make it. Now, what does that have to do with leadership? Well, let me skip over here to page 156. Also, same book, Dale Carnegie's scrapbook. This is from the writings of Dale Carnegie. He says, quote, Remember that the man you're talking to is a hundred times more interested in himself and his wants and his problems than he is in you and your problems. The person you're talking to is a hundred times more interested in his wants, in his needs, in his problems than he is in yours. He goes on to say, His toothache means more to him than a famine in China that kills a million people. A boil on his neck is more interest to him than 40 earthquakes in Africa. Think of that the next time you start a conversation. Now, what does all that have to do with the hill of beans? Well, the reality is, and this is a principle in life, what's good for the goose is good for the gander. And what we have to realize in communication as a leader is that we often come to the table of conversation, whether it's on the platform with a mic in our hand or it's around the table at a business meeting or it's negotiating over a new car sale. We all tend to come to the table with our thoughts going on in our head and our life is what our thoughts make it. If we think there's no way I'm going to get this deal, guess what? You're probably not going to get this deal. You're going to talk yourself out of the deal. In fact, even if the other person's ready to make the deal and seal the deal and sign the deal, you'll probably talk yourself out of it if you believe strongly enough that you're not worthy of the deal or you're not supposed to get the deal. So our thoughts create our life. 
But if we take the other part of that and juxtapose those together, we also have to remember that the person you're negotiating with cares a hundred times more about their own thoughts, their own problems, that, that festering sore on the back of their neck, that toothache that they're dealing with. They care more about that, that electric bill looming over their head, than they care about your problem. They're not as concerned about your problem. They don't care as much about whether or not you walk out of the deal as a winner or loser. They're concerned about their problem. If I don't close this deal, am I going to lose my car? If I don't close this deal, am I going to lose my house? If I don't close the deal, am I going to lose my spouse? So closing the deal to them is a hundred times more important to them for the reasons that they want to finish this negotiation than is your concern. You might think it's about price. You might think it's about getting another check mark next to your name. You might think it's about having the best car in the in the neighborhood. That's not what they're thinking about. Nope. They're thinking about their toothache or the boil in the back of their neck or the electric bill. And see, the, the, the thing that I find fascinating with leadership communicators is that so many forget that the other people they're talking to have a life. They want to explain their story, explain their side of things, tell their their bit, uh, present their ideas without any regard for how that impacts other people. Uh, we see this a lot in politics, uh, policies. Uh, I was watching an old video clip of Ronald Reagan carrying some bills, uh, proposed bills of Congress uh, right up to the podium with him. One of them, he said, weighed over 50 pounds of documents. And the committee presented it for the full house to sign on with less than eight hours. Now, if it's 50 pounds and 2,500 plus pages, how many people do you think looked into what's in there? Well, let me ask you this. Is there any chance that the people who sat around the table and proposed this preposterously large, and I don't even know what the topic of the bill was, so I can't tell you if it was a good idea or a bad idea. What I can tell you is that it's generally a bad idea to make laws that you've never read. To make into law something that you've never truly considered because that law, 50-something pounds of law, thousands of pages of law is more concerned with its own toothache, someone's promotion, someone's next elected office, someone's pork belly sidekick payback money coming in from behind or around or under the table. Yeah, see that that giant bill wasn't concerned about the people that it regulates, nor were the people who signed that giant bill. They were concerned about their own toothache, about their own boil on their neck. They might say, it might even say right on the outside of the cover, this bill is about the million people in China who are dying of famine or those who've been impacted by 40 earthquakes in Africa. It might actually have said that on the label, but if you dig right into it, you wouldn't know until you've read it. And yet we find over and over again that our politicians are writing policies and they're making laws and they're changing lives because it suits them because it's to their benefit. They're a hundred times more concerned about their own problems, their own challenges, their own wants and needs than they are about those of the people who elected them to office. As long as I can get them convinced to elect me again, 
then I can continue to play the game and pull in the little side money and the little side hustle. I don't want you to think for one second, though, that I'm only talking about politicians in the nation's capital or the state capital or the city government or the school board. No, parents do it. Yeah. Leaders at every level negotiate based on their own best outcome. They do what works best for them because like every human, we're a hundred times more concerned about what works out well for me than we are about the person on the other side of that negotiating table. Or even a hundred times more concerned about how it works out for me than I am, how it works out for the people I serve or the people I lead. See, that's human nature. But just remember that what's good for the goose is good for the gander. If the policy you're writing to implement that will impact the people you lead or the ones that you serve, if that policy wouldn't serve you well, why in the world would you write it? Why would you implement it? Why as a leader would you enforce it and carry it out? If it's not good for all people, how can it be good for people? Any people. And that's kind of the challenge that we're seeing right now with buses and planes flying in from the southern border to various highfalutin areas where they've never had an immigration problem. I mean, golly, a house is $15 million. Who could immigrate there? You don't have $15 million to buy a house? Oh, shucky darn, you'll have to live down the road. Now all of a sudden people are showing up that are promised hope and future by people who live in $15 million houses. Well, I... I reckon there's a reason you got 15 bedrooms now. Take in a family or two. But when policies are made, when deals are done, when 50-pound laws are signed, when a leader takes a vacation six times a year and leaves his team behind to fill in the gaps and do the work, we have to ask ourselves, are these principles being met? What's good for the goose is good for the gander. Are, are we following along with the, the reality that our thoughts create our lives and what we're thinking about ourselves compared to others, what we're thinking about ourselves a hundred times more than we're thinking about others, is that accurate? Is that justice? Is that fairness? Or if we made up the rules and the laws and the regulations, the policies and the expectations to benefit ourselves and nobody else? Because we're really more concerned about our own toothache than we are everybody else's wants and needs. If you're the kind of leader who writes policies, makes laws, changes to the system without regard for the toothache of the other person, I challenge you to reevaluate your perception of the human condition and to ask yourself, is there a chance that I could do better for others by focusing less on myself. Yeah, some call that servant leadership. Some call that selflessness. Some would call that meekness or humility. I think it kind of requires all of the above. Just remember, it is the tendency of human beings to be a hundred times more concerned about their own toothache than they are a famine of a million people. That's a big deal. It's a principle. You should remember it as your own liability when you negotiate. You also should remember it as the natural bent of people you're negotiating with. As a leader, you have the opportunity to balance the playing field, to play right, to be kind, to be considerate, 
to get outside of your own feelings and maybe for a moment take a Tylenol, forget about your toothache, and let's focus on the needs of other people around you and not just what you want. I'm Jay Lauren Norris with Leading Leaders Podcast for Tell It Like It Is TV. Have a blessed day. Subscribe now for our extensive video library of leadership lessons promoting faith, family, and freedom.